Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness. I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health enthusiast. Welcome back, Renegades. Welcome, Renegades. Welcome. We have a very interesting podcast today with Eleni. Mm-hmm. This one is... How to help your body cope with emotional stress. Yes, and this one is the third part of um, of a series that maybe we should put them together. I don't yeah. know. It's but- kind of like part two. Like okay. we talked about, so last, in our last episode, we talked about the emotional roots of chronic disease. Yes, and how it like, fest- like manifests in your body. Yes. And so today is just a short hands-on um, practice episode where we'll walk through a couple of techniques to help calm down your fight or flight response and help you deal with the emotional stress so that you don't develop chronic disease. Now, we're trying not to cuss as much, but I love this shit. So I'm here for it. <laughs> I really do. It's so interesting. The mind-body connection. It's yeah. Because I think it's like, it's important. I Whenever we do an episode and we talk about stress or emotional distress or trauma, it's like mm-hmm. you can't avoid those things in life. Right. We're here. Here it is. Yep. So I feel like giving people the tools they need to cope with them yes when those yes. events happen when those yep. emotional More stressful events shock happen absorbers yeah exactly rather yep. than trying to build your life around never having emotional or chronic stress which is just not going to happen which is similar to a we'll we'll have a dirt podcast coming out and so instead of trying to live in a sterile life get dirty yeah get, get dirty. dirty and learn how to live and and, and value the dirt. Yes, so good. Value the... Good segue. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, before we jump into the topic, hello to our listeners in Mexico. Mexico. Hola. Hey there, neighbors. Mexico. Here's a fun fact about Mexico. Mexico is home to the world's biggest ancient pyramid. Oh, I feel like my brother-in-law has traveled to them yeah. and climbed them. That sounds amazing. If you thought it was in Egypt, you were wrong. It's actually in Mexico. The yeah. largest pyramid in the world is the Great Pyramid of Cholula in Mexico. Yes. It is the largest monument ever constructed in the world by volume, not the pyramids of Giza, mm. which are in Egypt. And you were saying how it was constructed by the volume of it, and I thought you were going to say... By aliens. <laughs> you know, we're not sure how they got there, but thank you, aliens, if you did that. Joe Rogan, like, thank you for that. Out, out, outer space aliens. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. That's the Joe Rogan concept yes. that they came in and they're like higher intelligence. And I've, like, I've yeah. heard that. Yeah, that right. They're responsible for helping build the pyramids. Here's my theory is yeah, that. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Is that like back in the day, people. I, the Egyptians for sure understood concepts of water and electrical flow way better than we do mm, because that's fair. That's fair. they knew where to like the idea is that maybe they set their pyramids up on ley lines where electricity actually flows. So there's like thoughts that they had electrical light within the pyramids. That's amazing. Because they knew how to just collect brilliant electricity from before old benny franklin came yeah like nikola tesla's copper research where he was like actually just collecting electricity from the air it was like they knew how to do that supposedly wild 
So okay. I think ancient people were a lot more wiser. They also were like closer to God and I think God imparted mm. wisdom. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, but it could cool. be well, okay, all too. the people that we thank for listening, thank you, Mexico. And let's travel there too. I yes. think, Eleni, I just have a travel bug and all these people sound amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Mexico has volcanoes. I did not know this. Oh, I did not know that. But they're in the middle of the Ring of Fire. Okay. Well, where like 90% of the world's earthquakes and 81% of the planet's volcanic eruptions take place. Whoa, true ring of fire. I'm Mm -hmm. looking this up online. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So you're saying let's not travel there. Oh, I'd love to see a volcano. I think most of the ones are like pretty inactive by now. I like, I don't think they have anything threatening to blow. Are we going off like probably not going to erupt? Because (laughs) what was that? That Kevin watched a documentary and the couple, they they are both burned on their back because they were running from the volcano while they were listening. And they were holding hands and it's all burnt except for where they're were holding on their backside running oh my god because they didn't know it was gonna erupt and it did yeah so i don't we're not going there i don't travel to the ring of fire all right like (laughs) but it's the only other places we'll go it's the only place in the world where a rare rabbit called the volcano rabbit lives so how are you gonna see the volcano rabbit if you don't travel near the i will risk my life for Mm -hmm. a little furry friend it is literally one of the world's smallest rabbits and i looked it up and it's really cute oh my gosh okay so is it like is it like black to like blend in with like the ash or it, is it is like, like earth gray? tone so it's like gray so it and brown and the, it fits with before, the volcanic rock before the it erupts <laughs> yeah and it's been like probably hundreds of years since it last erupted so oh yeah so it, it's adapted mm-hmm. to that color mm-hmm. interesting oh i okay i'm in now yes yep. let's go okay Ab- good. absolutely yes okay perfect well <laughs> thank you listeners in <laughs> thank mexico. you we mexico. love your country we do love you yes mm-hmm. Um, so to jump into today's podcast topic, so this is another episode taken from my notes from my attendance virtually at the Health and Longevity Summit. And these notes come from Dr. Jim Gordon, who talked about healing from physical, emotional, and spiritual trauma. Mm. Which we all have, so I'm, I'm ready for this. I love it. And we're not going to get into the healing aspect of it today um, because we have a really great episode with um, Christopher Lee Maher, mm-hmm. all about healing from emotional trauma and stress. So go and listen to that episode if you haven't yet. That's a very good episode. But today's episode is more of like a hands-on practice of something you can do in the moment when emotional stress is piling up. I like it. So first of all, so that you understand how our body is primed to deal with trauma. So the basic reactions to trauma are fight, flight, or freeze. These Mm -hmm. are the main ones. Um, Fight or flight is in every animal. So when an animal is threatened, and that includes human animals too, Mm -hmm. by a predator or another animal, there's a physiological reaction that happens. So your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, Your muscles get filled with blood to help you run faster and get oxygen to them. Your respiration increases to increase the flow of oxygen throughout your body into your muscles. Your digestion decreases, which is why if you're like nervous before a big presentation or something like that, maybe you don't feel hungry or before a race where some people like just have to like move their bowels. (laughs) Um, And then the amygdala, which is the part of your brain that's responsible for fear and anger, 
begins to fire off rapidly. Mm. So for humans now in our inside world where we don't live out with nature, most wild, of us anymore, yep. except for some of the aboriginal tribes. Mm. Um, for humans, the predator can be an angry boss, a frustrated spouse, your worries about the future, distress about your financial situation, distress mm. about political situations, etc. So our dangers are different. Our dangers are different and they're kind of more frequent. <laughs> yeah, a little like micro danger mm-hmm. um, stressors and so yeah. those things all cause those physiological reactions that we just talked about. Heart rate going up, blood pressure going up, respiration going up, digestion decreasing. All of those things happen whenever we have any sort of stressor. Um, those all produce the fight or flight response. So normally that fight or flight response is helpful. I mean, it's always helpful in a way it's a life-saving process but when we are being exposed to things that aren't actually threatening our lives it's not helpful to have that response triggering yeah we don't need to pump our muscles full of blood ready to run right our boss is probably not going to like actually like stab us right probably (laughs) probably (laughs) um so like in the sense of our ancestors who would be running from a predator, that response would be turned on. They'd run away from the predator. If they escaped, the response would be turned off. Mm. And we actually see that in animals, like prey animals, right? Like if you watch National Geographic or any sort of like nature documentaries, you see like the prey animal Mm -hmm. is eating. Yep. Somewhere in the field, unsuspecting. Happy. Happy. A lion leaps out. Ah. The prey animal runs, escapes. Yeah. And then it goes back to eating like five minutes later. Right. Like, I'm like, starving. It didn't just almost die. Yeah. Whereas like humans now, we're not used to that. Yes. And we're not conditioned yes. to that. So that that fight or flight response stays turned on for mm-hmm. us way longer than it does for an animal mm-hmm. out in nature. Um, the other response Fine. that comes in is the freeze response. So when animals and humans are threatened, the first response is to look for help. The second response is fight or flight. But if the threat is inescapable or overwhelming, animals and humans go into what we call the freeze response. So we shut down. Been there. Shut down. <laughs> I just shut down. I'm uh-huh. out. I'm out. <laughs> yes. Take a psychological distance. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like shutting off your brain and almost not experiencing things in real time. Mm-hmm. And then you release endorphins to protect yourself from pain. So that is like an animal that's just, it's going to get eaten, right? Like it knows there's no escape. It actually disassociates mentally and releases endorphins. So it kind of like... Can handle it can if handle it gets being eaten. eaten. Right. What the F word? Whoa. So <laughs> that's the freeze response. That's like crazy. Yeah. But humans do that too. So over time when we can't escape stress, we turn on the freeze response. And so it's like we disassociate from our circumstances. Whoa. Uh-huh. And just put on this like weird happy glaze. Yes. Like, I guess I'm going to die now. I've had a good run. And- <laughs> yeah. Isn't that Whoa. interesting? That is really interesting. Very interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like an example of that in nature is if you have a cat and you've ever seen them catch a mouse, like the mouse just goes totally limp. 
And it's like, okay, this is what's going to happen to me. But then you see the cat, like you think the mouse is dead. Yes. And then you see the cat put them down and the mouse just gets up and runs away. Yes. Like yes. that's actually, it's not necessarily playing dead. That's like a physiological reaction of like, this is, this is what's going to I'm just going to disassociate from what's going on in my situation. Wow. That's so I don't have to deal with it. Wigging me out a little bit. Yeah. Right. Wow. So humans face the same response, fight, flight, or freeze. When we are completely overwhelmed, the freeze response kind of becomes our innate response. Um, In an ongoing stressor, when the stressor doesn't go away, that freeze response continues and the response becomes long-term instead of being turned off like it's supposed to be. So we remain sort of disassociated from our circumstances Mm -hmm. and kind of pumping these endorphins so that we feel happy even when we're not Mm, like mega coping yeah we talked about this in our last episode where we're talking about the emotional roots of chronic disease how when we suppress our emotions in the long term we actually simultaneously suppress our immune system and then become susceptible to a whole range of diseases because we are suppressing our emotional system which connects to our immune system wow That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So these prolonged stressors and the freeze response that's prolonged sets the stage for every kind of chronic disease imaginable. It also sets you up for things like alcohol abuse, drug abuse, and opioids because people are trying to numb their feelings Mm -hmm. and their pain. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. I mean, wow. So we're going to go through some techniques that we can use to help our bodies deal with pain. Okay. So one of those things is meditation. Mm-hmm. So there are three kinds of meditation. There's concentrative meditation, which is focusing on a sound, an image, or a mantra. So things like reset, repetitive prayers have actually been used for over 8,000 years and are part of every religion. So it might be like reciting the prayer, Our Father, you know, mm-hmm. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So that could be a type of concentrative meditation so you can repeat something um, or it could be simply repeating a healing mantra like i am safe i am healing my body is wise things like this mm-hmm. um, so this is one of my favorite types of meditation especially when you can incorporate something really positive like i'm safe and my body is healing because the more you repeat those words to yourself mm-hmm. in our last episodes we talked about that how our <laughs> mind and our thoughts control the physiology of our body like we literally direct our cells and what to do so if you can tell your body even if you don't feel it if you can tell your body i'm safe i'm healing it does a lot to turn off that freeze response which is being triggered because your body feels like it's not safe so telling your body it is safe is a good way to turn off that freeze response yeah Yeah. um And I just like the positive affirmations of my body is healing and imagining whatever disease you're experiencing, imagining your body healing as you say it. So, and I did hear that if you don't believe it while you say it, then take it a step back to my body's beginning to heal mm -hmm. and take, and then the next time grow on that a little bit. I like Like that. That's a good tip if you're like, I'm really not believing it. Yeah. Well, I'm beginning to heal. I like that. Growing and healing that anyway. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. So that's concentrated meditation. So you can do that for 15 to 20 minutes a day. Um, Then there's mindfulness meditation, which is when we become aware of our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and sensations 
as they arise. Mm. And this is really good for people who are in that freeze response where they've shut off all acknowledgement of their emotional state Mm -hmm. as a means of protecting their body. So this is simply taking time to be aware of what is happening as it's happening. And actually allow yourself to feel Feel it. it. Yes. So sometimes even something as simple as when you're angry at somebody, like Mm -hmm. taking a moment to walk away and say, okay, I'm angry. Mm -hmm. I'm angry. Like owning that emotion instead of repressing it. Saying, I'm angry because this person said this thing and it it reminded me of this circumstance or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. However it's triggering you, acknowledging what it is instead of being like, oh, I shouldn't have gotten angry about that, which is what right. most of us do. Right. We push it down. We try mm-hmm. to be the obedient daughter, make it okay, pat it away. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, let yourself like, oh my gosh, I'm actually angry mm-hmm. and I'm okay to be angry and I can recognize and be feel yeah like i am angry and and acknowledging why you're angry yes and letting yourself deal with that emotion yes. and then always like track your behavior but to really just right. sit in that feeling in the moment like it's okay and it's good just mm-hmm. feel it because remember if we suppress our emotions we suppress our immune system mm-hmm. so some mindfulness practices will have you concentrate on a certain body part like for example your pinky toe and all of the sensations of that body part over the course of time. So you might spend 15 minutes like observing what's happening in your pinky toe. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I was like it's, trying to put my attention on my pinky toe. Yes. Okay. It's a way of being really present in the moment where normally if you're like me, you're constantly thinking about the next thing you need to go do. Yes. Instead of being present in the moment you're in. I battle with that all the time. Yes. So I like to practice this type of meditation as a means of being very present in the moment. Yes. And as my energy healer always says, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. Mm-hmm. And in this present moment, there's not really all that pain you're carrying with you. In this moment, just be. Yeah. And you're okay. Yeah. Hey there, Renegades. Eleni here, briefly interrupting this episode of the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. I wanted to highlight a company that Kay and I have recently discovered that we love, and that company is Bulletproof. Bulletproof sells high-quality nutritional supplements, and every product that Kay and I have tried from them personally, we have found to be excellent. It's important when you choose a supplement that it contain the bioactive forms in order for it to be effective and Bulletproof has just the right forms in just the right amounts. Right now, if you go to Bulletproof.com and use the code RENEGADE15 at checkout, you can receive 15% off your order. That's RENEGADE, R-E-N-E-G-A-D-E-15. Use that code at checkout to get 15% off and we'll earn a small commission too. Thanks for your support. All right, back to this week's episode of the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. So I like to incorporate mindfulness at the beginning of my meditation practices. And the way I do it is I take time to carefully observe. So I start with what do I feel? Okay. So the biggest sensation, the most obvious sensation, and then the smallest sensation. So let's say I'm meditating outside, which is my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. So there's like a big lake by my house. I like to walk the trail around it. And then somewhere on the walk, I can like sit down and meditate for a bit. So what do I feel? So it might be the biggest sensation might be the breeze or my butt on the ground being mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Mm, like Whatever. literal physical feeling. Like yes. sensation. Yes. Mm-hmm. So 
and and emotional sensations yeah. would be good too. Okay. Yeah. That'd be good too. Yeah. So what do I feel? So the biggest sensation, let's say my butt on the ground, down to the smallest sensation, like a hair on my face. Mm-hmm. So I'm tuning into my body to be mm-hmm. really present. I like that. And then what do I hear? So I start with the loudest noise. So maybe it's geese honking mm-hmm. down to the quiet, quietest noise. So maybe it's like the grass rustling in the wind. This is a beautiful novel you're writing right now. <laughs> it's good, it's good. And then what do I see? So your eyes are closed, typically when you're meditating. So even with your eyes closed, you can see shapes and colors. So I might say like, okay, I see obviously black and gold like mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah yeah and sometimes i see shapes in my what yogis would call your mind's eye mm-hmm. i don't <laughs> but yeah so even with your eyes closed you can ask yourself what do i see and then what do i smell um it's from the most obvious to least obvious so right now being outside the like wild plums are blooming i always mm-hmm. smell those they're so fragrant mm-hmm. um and then down to the least obvious like maybe you just smell the dirt that you're sitting on or the grass mm-hmm. under your feet And then what do I taste? So you're not eating during this practice, but like what tastes are in your mouth? The water you just drank, the toothpaste from brushing your teeth, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So go through each of those sensations, most obvious, least obvious. And if you're taking time to deal with emotional stress, then it's like Kay suggested, really a positive thing to say, okay, emotionally, what am I feeling? So most obvious emotion might be like anger or Mm -hmm. stress. Mm down to the least obvious emotion. Maybe it's sadness, maybe it's disappointment, maybe it's happiness, maybe it's joy. It's good to be aware of our emotions in all circumstances, not just the negative emotions. Yep, yep. Good, I like that, just highlighting the Mm self-awareness and the present moment. And even you going through all the steps of your sensations while you were sitting around the lake, I feel at peace right now. <laughs> I was like, that was really peaceful. Oh, I good. It is. Really it's grounded. my favorite. It's yeah. my happy spot. It's really peaceful there. And then a third type of meditation is expressive meditation. So this is fast, deep breathing, a little bit more active. Fast, deep breathing, jumping up and down, shouting, shaking, dancing, laughing, etc. This This is a type of meditation used by indigenous groups all the time. So it does help cool. free us from that freeze response where you think about being really rigid mm-hmm. and frozen mm-hmm. and being disconnected and basically playing dead. And that like brings you out of that shutdown into the like expressing yourself making That's sounds cool. laughing like it's a way to like shake that off oh, physically my word. and i also hear like mood follows action of your mm-hmm. body so that's something you get yourself out of it and actually like put your body in a state where you feel confident and get that energy out that's really neat i've even heard that like fake laughing Yes. Like not even real laughing. Raises those fake, chemicals, those happy fake chemicals. Fake laughing can yes. raise the, hap- the happy chemicals. Yes. So yes. deal first with the emotion that you're feeling. Right. Acknowledge it. And but then it. use this to yep. get out of it when you're ready to move on. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's a good way to free your body and come into a more relaxed state. Um, another tool that you can use is soft belly breathing. So slow, deep breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth can help free you from the, sh- the binding of past trauma. So along with its persistent physiological state. So the fast heart rate, the high blood pressure, the tense muscles, and the irritability, anxiety, and fear it causes, soft belly breathing, intentional breathing can help free you from that. So there are actually scientific benefits that have been shown of soft belly breathing. So... um. 
Recent research has been done on people who meditate for as little as 20 minutes a day, um, showing that they have the capacity not only to feel calmer and be more relaxed, but to actually reverse the damage that has been done by prolonged fight or flight states. Oh, that's the value of this, is that mm-hmm. you're getting your body out of fight or flight. And and reversing the damage. Wow. So we talked about a lot of that damage in our last episode and how it can even lead to chronic disease states like cancer. So wow. soft belly breathing has been shown to help reverse those states of damage. Wow. Um, in science research, they've shown decreased activity in the amygdala, which, remember, is that part of the brain where we, like... It's the center of our fear and anger in the emotional brain. So it's the one that gets triggered in that fight or flight response that makes you angry, irritable, because that would be beneficial in nature would be to like be angry at the thing that's trying to attack you. So you stand up for yourself, right? Right, right, right. Um, It increases activity to the frontal cortex, which is the area responsible for thoughtful decision-making, self-awareness, and compassion. So when you have deep belly breathing, you decrease activity in the amygdala where you're having angry responses and you increase activity in the frontal cortex where you are able to make thoughtful decisions, have self-awareness and compassion. So kind of the opposite of the amygdala. It increases our ability to make social connections with people and it not only changes the function of our brain, but the structure of our brain. So the size of the amygdala shrinks and the frontal cortex grows larger. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All from soft belly breathing. So this does demonstrate that the brain can grow new cells, despite what we've been told that yeah. it can't. Because if you're getting an area of the brain larger, you're growing new cells there. So soft belly breathing is extraordinarily powerful medicine. Um, And it can do the job that pharmaceuticals often are used for. Um, And anyone can use this medicine to bring your brain and mind into balance. So I'll walk you through how to do this exercise. And I'll just proceed it with if you have a hard time sitting down. And I know many people who do. For even five minutes, a good way to get yourself physiologically ready for soft belly breathing is to do something active first and challenging and then sit down and breathe slowly and deeply so maybe you just need to run a lap around your house and then you can sit still for five minutes i love it uh, i love it i know people like that i'm not one of those people yeah but. <laughs> i was like was there a d- me yeah maybe mm, back in the i don't day, have a hard time I'm, I'm like let's sit a mm-hmm. second let's just sit and breathe friends so you can use this practice whenever you are feeling stressed tense, angry, scared, anxious. You can use it before meetings that you're nervous about, before difficult conversations, etc. Mm. And after. <laughs> so you can use it to prep yourself for the situation and you can use it to recover from the situation. So here's what you will do. You sit in a comfortable position. Mm. You let your eyes close. You focus on your breath. So in through your nose, out through your mouth. And as you inhale, say the word soft in your mind. And as you exhale, say the word belly in your mind. So you're inhaling, thinking soft, out, exhaling, thinking belly. So it's kind of just a way of telling your belly to be soft. And then you allow your your belly to be soft and relaxed. So you have to check in with your muscles. 
make a conscious effort to relax them because we tend to tense those muscles all the time. I mean, our core muscles help us walk, help us lift things, but also we just tend to like hold tension in our bellies. Mm -hmm. So this is being very intentional about releasing the muscles of your belly and paying attention to where you're holding tension and stress. Mm -hmm. So with every exhalation, relax a little bit more. As you continue to breathe, start scanning your body. So start looking for muscles that are tense and intentionally releasing them. If thoughts come, let them. Acknowledge what they are and then let them go. So this isn't like, you don't have to just stay on this path of mindlessness. The idea is you're allowing the thoughts to come up. You're allowing yourself to think them and then let them go. Um, After about 10 to 12 minutes of this, you can gently open your eyes and let your attention come back to the room. So again, if the thoughts come, let them come and then return to your awareness of your breath and your soft belly breathing. So this is sort of the anchor. So you can have a thought and then you're like, okay, I'm going to go back to focusing on my breath, focusing on my belly, focusing on relaxation, scanning my body, seeing where I'm holding tension, whether it's in my scalp or my eyes or my jaw or all of the above (laughs) or my neck or my shoulders you're going to do a full body scan and check in with yourself and let the tension go from each of those areas Um, and then focus if you're not finding areas of tension then focus on the breath so focus on the breath coming into the body and then leaving the body I love it. Mm-hmm. That makes me think, um, you know, the Doc Amen clinics. Mm-hmm. He's a brain scan guy. He's like this brilliant, brilliant scientist. He's done like over, I don't know, 50,000 brain scans or something. Anyway, um, he says this quote all the time and I love it. So while you're meditating, if you have a thought come up and he's like, this quote changed my life. You don't have to believe every stupid thought you have. <laughs> That's kind of good. So I kind of thought that when you're meditating and you get these ideas and you're like, gosh, I hate this thought. And instead of trying to wrestle it, just be like, oh yeah, sometimes my brain comes up with stupid ideas and it's okay. A lot of times. A lot of times. And to kind of let yourself release that stupid idea and not fixate on it and not give it too much power. Let the stupid thoughts go. Especially when those thoughts are negative self-talk. So we talked about that in our last episode, the emotional roots of chronic disease, how negative self-talk. Yes turns your emotional system against yourself Mm -hmm. and you get in a pattern of thinking negative thoughts about yourself consistently just like your immune system can turn against itself when it's in overdrive so when our immune Mm -hmm. system is being constantly barraged with negative inputs it can become hyperactive and kind of running all the time when we don't even need it to the same with our emotional system so having Mm -hmm. the negative Mm self-talk any thought that puts yourself down anything you wouldn't say to your best friend don't (laughs) don't say it to yourself because you create a pattern in which your emotional system kind of begins to attack you yep Mm -hmm. and that's one of those like you do have to train yourself to like love yourself more like it's kind of like i think that's our like um typical answer is like the negative and look for the worry and the survival but it's like we have to train ourselves like nope i value myself i value my body i value my feelings and just you have to train yourself for that positive Mm -hmm. self-talk and the last thing i want to bring up is you're talking about this and it so reminded me and i've talked about this before but that book, The Feelings Buried Alive, mm-hmm. Never Die, and her big key structure, which was so in cousin to what you were saying today, it's like 
her healing process for that to, to release it is to find, let's say you have a negative emotion and you need to find like the opposite emotion to be able to resolve it. So mm. like, let's say if you have a lot of um, hate, maybe... I forget love. if I forget if it's something like love is the opposite of fear, but hate mm. might it might be love, but maybe something like that. That makes sense. That in that concept. So let's say if there's something you hate, and then maybe looking deeper, you might because you might fear something, and then say like, well, what are the parts of it that has made you grow as a person, or now because of that darkness, you see the light in other things, or because of that badness, you're gonna choose more goodness. Like finding the opposite is the first step and then you tell yourself that you choose that and then you work yourself so you say i choose i feel i am so you talk yourself through the resolve um which so i kind of practice that if i'm having a wig out moment i'll like kind of work through that of like you know like this fear but i'm choosing the opposite because and not to dismiss the negative you're trying to resolve it and understand it and turn it into an empowering thought. Sure. It was model. kind of like Dr. Tanya English saying, instead of why is this happening to me, asking why is this happening for me. For me. And instead of the, what did she do? The spiral of disempowerment, put it on a spiral of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Like what did even my best friend, um, Stacia, she's bril- brilliant. She said this in a text one day about someone. She was like, what if you spin it to the positive and get excited about the change? Mm-hmm. Then I was like, your brain would be that positive. Like you are such a powerhouse, you amazing, beautiful human. <laughs> like your brain just knew to do that. And my brain is like wallowing in self-pity. You know, right. it's like, wait, what if you spin it to the positive and get excited about your growth? Yeah. And glow up, you know, like that kind yeah. of thing. Your opportunity for growth. So negative yeah. situations. Um always provide us an opportunity for growth and you can either mm-hmm. fixate on the, on the negative the negative the problem yeah and yep. be bitter and angry yep. and yep. whatever yeah or you can focus on okay what was the beneficial because there yes. will always be something beneficial yes. that comes out of a negative yes. situation if you allow yes. the beneficial yes. to be there without yes. just wallowing yes so will. then focusing on yep. the beneficial on- Yep, on the solution, on the growth, on the how to help, like looking at the helpers in a problem, not looking at the problem. And there's such maturity in that and healing and releasing the hurt and pain and anger and acknowledging, but then being able to wade through it for the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. Being able to say I'm better because of the situation. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is like such a, like it took us being elderly to understand that i mean elderly we're not elderly but like older and wiser to like get to that space man so. being in your 30s is awesome it's awesome i'm so excited to turn 40 i actually. know i'm 38 i'm almost 40 i'm feeling like my wisdom drain is coming i yeah. don't know it feels yeah. good yeah you like no longer really care but you're able to deal with your emotions and you're not just like reactionary living against them you're like making intentional choices it's wild it's wild i think it's why every generation thinks the next generation sucks because (laughs) because you just have already been the generation that sucks oh you know and those were rough years and those are rough years and then you become wiser more mature and more peaceful more peaceful less susceptible to like every wind and wave that can toss you around right 
Right. And then you think the next generation, you're like, God, why can't they just be like me? And you're like, oh, because it took me 34 years. Yeah, yeah, because it took me. <laughs> and a lot of h- horrible life circumstances yes, yes. to arri- arrive at the this place. The ring of fire. Right. We've been through the ring, the of, ring fire, of fire. And now we can go. <laughs> Way to bring it full circle. Yeah, yeah, we did it. We did it. And now we'll go to Mexico. So, okay. Well, thank you for that wisdom, lady. Yeah. Like, I feel ro- so recharged yes no, i feel good like yeah everybody peaceful take a minute re-listen to the instructions yep. for the soft belly breathing and then take look this is a short episode you were planning on listening for like an hour right we normally talk for a long time and you got time go take your 10 or 12 minutes practice your soft belly breathing or your meditative practice outside yeah. even better or whatever you yeah. need to do and Thank you for listening to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. Please keep in mind that this podcast is an educational service that provides general health information. The content on this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional medical care and diagnosis. You should always talk to your doctor before making a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be renegades! Go be renegades!